Hey there and welcome to Fill Me Up, I'm Steve Walker and this is the show to help fuel your filmic discussions, such as, is James Bond outdated? So this has uh, come about because Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, who is the creator of Fleabag uh, and Killing Eve, um, and she's also uh, the droid in Solo, L337, the one that Lando falls in love with. Um, yeah, she is, she's uh, she's doing a script touch-up for the newest Bond, uh, Bond 25. Um, and it said that she's focusing more on the female characters and kind of want, and she said that she wants to make them feel more like real people. Um, I've got a quote of what she said here. Um, she said, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not the Bond franchise is relevant now because of who he is and the way he treats women. I think that's bollocks. I think he's absolutely relevant now. It has just got to grow. It has just got to evolve. And the important thing is that the film treats the women poor properly. Uh, he doesn't have to. He needs to be true to this character. So that's basically like saying that the character, the female characters themselves have to grow and be uh, be fleshed out, um, which is always good. And more fleshed out characters is always good. You always want more character development in a film. Um, but like the character of James Bond and himself, to change him would be make it not true to who James Bond is as a character. So, um, but like the franchise as a whole can change and be more um, female friendly, I guess. Um, yeah, because you find that like you've always got the typical like Bond girls, um, and so like they're always like femme fatales or damsels in distress or whatever. I mean, you, you do have a couple of good female characters in there. Um, you've got M, uh, played by Judy Dench, who is fantastic as she is in everything um and money penny can be great at times um depending on like the situation really and the writers and stuff but um yeah look i'm all for it um yeah you like female writers are definitely going to give you better female uh characters i would say um she's the only actually only the second female uh writer of a bond film um i know she's only doing like script touch-ups but she's still going to get a credit um, the first one was Johanna uh, Harwood, who wrote uh, Doctor or co-wrote Doctor No and From Russia with Love, which I think are like the first. They're very early on. I think they're the first couple of films, really. So I mean, it's been a long time, um, and yeah, I think you definitely need more, um, more more female writers to write these sorts of things because um, you want more female representation. Um, and like you're saying that the you've but. The Bond franchise as a whole has a history of sort of evolving and changing with the times. I mean, like you look at uh, the Daniel Craig films, they came after the Bond films. So the Bond films were more kind of down to earth, gritty, let's kill him with a magazine sort of thing. And so because of that, you got a gritty James Bond uh, as opposed to sort of the Roger Moore, let's be firing lasers on a space station and things like that. Um, so yeah and I mean like nowadays um, as it should be the culture is now sort of more female focused um, it's not like perfect but it's it's uh, better than it was and so the Bond franchise should reflect that you should have um, the female characters should be more fleshed out and should be um, yeah they should be there up there with the, the male characters as well so I'm, yeah I'm all for it um, yeah so last week I said that I was going to be uh, at the cinema, I was going to be living at the cinema essentially because I was going to try and see three films in a week, which um, I actually managed to do surprisingly enough. Uh, I don't know what I did. I'm an absolute madman, but um, 
Yeah, so uh, the first one I saw was Aladdin, um, which, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It was better than I expected it to be. Um, the Will Smith genie was like a big talking point going into it, and he's really good in it. I mean, he's no Robin Williams, but I mean, he still does a great job of it, and like, I can't, you can't really complain. Um, uh, what I would say, it doesn't follow like the animated film exactly. Um, so because of like nostalgia and stuff, there was certain scenes or elements that I was sort of like looking for, um, because of the, because of them being in the animated film, but they're not in there. Um, so I mean, just, but that's fine. Like just going in with an open mind, they've got other bits in there instead. Um, so yeah, just, just don't expect everything to be, don't expect it to be a shot for shot remake essentially. Um, yeah, just go with the flow. Um, yeah, the songs were all really good. Um, especially Jasmine's new one. So, They've written an original song for this film, and it's so good. Um, it's kind of more because Jasmine's character in this is, uh, like I was saying before, she's more in with the the Bond stuff. She's actually more fleshed out in this one. She's got more of a role. She's more empowered, um, and she's more driven, which is good to see. And this new song sort of embodies that, and it's such a good song. It's so good. Um, probably one of the best bits of the film, really. Um, so yeah, but I mean. I have a weird thing with uh, musicals, like filmed musicals, not like stage musicals, but um, yeah, because when you, you see them, they always feel like a bit overproduced, so it sort of pulls me out of it. It's like a, almost like an um, Uncanny Valley thing, like they're just slightly off. So when you see a musical live on stage, then obviously it's quite raw and the music's performed live and everything, whereas when you see a musical, um, like a film, then it's they can go into a studio and it's almost like just playing like a CD or an MP3. Well, I mean that is what they're doing, and it's very. It just seems off to me. Um, so yeah, but I mean, like as as the film went on, I sort of got into it a bit more, and you get some of the like the genie songs, especially, kind of got me into it. But um, yeah, especially at the start, like the first couple of songs, it kind of threw me a little bit. Um, but that's just me um that's just me and my personal preference and taste and stuff um and it it didn't ruin the film for me like i really liked it so um yeah i definitely would recommend going and seeing it um yeah so uh yeah and maybe uh i'll make talk about it later on because i'll be talking about some of the best films of the month so uh yeah but moving on uh the next film that i saw was brightburn uh which i was really excited for um it's sort of the what if Superman was evil as a kid. Um, I it, it wasn't so great, really. Um, it's partly maybe because I had high expectations going in, sort of the opposite of Aladdin. Um, but it was, I mean, this film's kind of it's it's a short film. It's ninety minutes long, but it kind of dragged. Um, and for a large part of it, it's sort of the stuff you've seen before. It's sort of focusing on the family, like the sort of run of the mill. Superman origin story, living on a farm sort of thing, and it's yeah. I mean, like I feel like it, like the horror elements in it are fine, but they're not. There's only really a couple of bits that are kind of inventive and sort of stand out. Um, yeah, for the most part, you could just replace him with like a demon or a monster or just a killer or something. Like there's just not much there to sort of inspire you. Um, or, or that's quite original or inventive, which you would hope that they were. 
doing it, especially with someone like James Grant. I know he didn't direct it, but he was heavily involved and he was doing interviews and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it does have some gore as well. Um, like, the gore that it's got um, is good. And it's, like, there was one bit especially that's quite... Um, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say over the top, but it's not over the top. It's quite, it's just, it's quite gory and it's quite, it can, I don't know. If you're that way inclined, it could be quite difficult to watch, but it's, um, but yeah, that was really good. But I mean, it's not, it's just not that often. Um, like it doesn't really kill that many people in this film. So it's, yeah, I mean like, and there are, there's elements to it because, because they focus mainly on the family. There's, like I feel like it could have focused more on him and who he is and sort of finding out what because it's it's not Superman so it's not from Krypton or whatever it's not that's not the backstory for him and you don't they don't follow that at all like there's a bit where he has a seizure and I, like it seems like he's possessed and it's like it's, he's been possessed the whole time like it's very strange and it can be a bit it's a bit confusing um, and speaking of confusing they have an end credit scene which is just one of the most bizarre things it's it's almost it's quite tonally different to the rest of the film, really, and it's it sets up a larger world, and it's kind of like if you'd have told me about it before the thing. Well, in fact, I saw articles mentioning it before I'd seen the film, and that got me excited. But then after I've watched it, the film, I just I'm sort of like, oh yeah, I guess. But like, yeah, that idea is in itself is quite interesting, but. I if in this world I don't I don't really care like I'm like this world isn't it interesting you've just sort of uh, yeah it's almost like they've taken a great concept and not really executed it well so um, yeah I mean like if you were if you wanted to see it and you were in, excited for it and stuff then it's probably worth going and watching just um, just because you might like it more than I did but um, but yeah I think overall it was a disappointment for me. Um, and uh, yeah, and the other film that I saw, uh, Godzilla, which I literally saw today, um, just a few hours ago. Um, I was quite excited for this as well. And again, this wasn't. This was kind of disappointing. It was another one where it dragged. Um, I mean, this one's this film was two hours and twelve minutes, so it's it's probably too long. It sort of meandered a lot. It went in diff- lots of different places, like it went all over the world, and like they had. They probably had too much in there. Like they threw in like a, like four different monsters in there. There's like all new characters, like human characters to follow as well, which, and like none of it, like in itself, like it could be interesting, like each bit of that you're talking about or focusing on, but it's just, you spread too thinly and it doesn't focus on anything enough and it doesn't get me invested in anything enough. Um, I mean, the action's good in places. I mean, the monster fights are good. Um, but And it's got some good sort of... Yeah, it's got some good elements to it and good m- moments. But it suffers from kind of the... What a lot of big blockbusters like this do. They sort of like... They, the action can be quite erratic and hard to follow. There's lots of quick cuts and shaky cam and stuff. And it's the lighting's not great. And it's just... Or it's all very dark and dreary. And it's, it can be quite hard to follow. Um, what's going on and that's like the and to be honest that's the bit that people came for um people aren't really interested in the human element that was like a big thing that came out of uh the first godzilla um like people don't really care about that and then you come and in that one they only had like 
what like two monsters in it and this one you've got like four and so like there's way more like like i think a lot of people i definitely expected to just go in and it'd be like almost like a monster fest slug fest the whole way so yeah i mean that's what people want and that's what hopefully we'll get i mean they've got um godzilla versus king kong next year um so hopefully that's what that is um but yeah i mean like see it if you want to see it but I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it like i'd much rather watch the first godzilla or kong skull island over this so um yeah i mean it, it's again it's disappointing but again um it's fine it's watchable but it's just not that interesting it's something to maybe stick on in the background um while you're doing something else um but yeah i mean it's up to you like i say with most films like if you want to go and see it go and see it but um if you're not too sure then i wouldn't bother with this one um yeah so now we'll get on to um all the films of may and, and i'll pick out and i'm well, what I've done is I've picked out the top three that I've seen, um, and I'm just going to talk about them a bit more in detail, a bit more, probably do spoilers on them as well. So, yeah, but there's uh, there's lots of films that come out each month, and this month was no exception, and so there's more, there's actually some, even though I saw like six films this month, there are four other ones that I kind of wanted to see, um, that... You never know, maybe they would have been even been better than the ones that I saw. So, um, yeah, so those were The the Intruder, which is like some home invasion film, uh, sort of thriller, horror thing. Uh, the Hustle with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. It's going to be some, it's like a con con, con artist comedy sort of thing. Uh, Booksmart, uh, which is the... the uh, directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, um, and it follows two sort of like geek. Well, I was going to say geeky, studious um, teenagers who have basically got to the end of their high school and gone. Everyone else has had parties. We haven't had any. We'll just do one, and it will make up for everything. Um, so yeah, it's comedy, and it looked like good fun. But um, yeah, I just didn't get around to it. And uh, Ma, which is a horror thing. Um, with Octavia Spencer being the villain in it, which is uh, very different for her. She normally plays the uh, kindly kindly friend or someone. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, I mean, those would have been nice to see. Uh, maybe they would have been better, but I'll, I will, I'll get around to them at some point. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my third place film. Because uh, last time I did this, I basically talked about all the films I'd seen in more detail. And I went on for ages, and we don't want that again. So, um, yeah, I've just decided to pick my top three instead. Um, so, yeah, so my third place film uh, is Detective Pikachu. Um, so, yeah, for the bear, there's spoilers for all of these, by the way. Um, so, yeah, if you don't want spoilers for Detective Pikachu, then uh, just skip ahead. I'll put some uh, time codes in the descriptions and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, like I said... Uh, when I watched it, it's a really good film, but maybe not um, as much for the Poke- for non-Pokemon fans. You get more out of it if you enjoy Pokemon. So, um, but yeah, um, Ryan Reynolds. I liked Ryan Reynolds in it. He was fine in it, but it's very much Deadpool light. So, like, I'd rather it have been someone else. Like, it kind of didn't seem right. 
hearing Ryan Reynolds' voice coming out of a Pikachu. Like, maybe you could have just got a, a voice actor or someone. Like, I, I know you want a star power, but I don't know. It didn't... And, like, I guess that's why they had him in it. Because, like, Deadpool's big at the moment and that sort of, like, voiceover thing. So, I don't know. But for me, personally, I'd rather it have been someone else. Um, but he, he was he did a good job and it was a uh, good performance. Um, yeah, Justice Smith um, was pretty good in it. He had a few emotional beats with a CGI Pikachu, which is uh, not easy to do. I was going to say not hard to do. It's not easy to do, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and like he didn't, his performance wasn't like too over the top. Like in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, he was just screaming all the time and it was over the top and he was very unlikable. Um, whereas in this, he's he's really, he's good. And, uh, yeah, he feels like an actual character rather than just like, you are nerd who screams and that's it. So, yeah, uh, Bill Nye's in this film, which surprised me. Um, yeah, I mean, like, bear in mind the spoilers for this. It's set up that he is like the, he's a guy that likes Pokemon and wants Pokemon. He's like the founder of Rhyme City, where Pokemon and people coexist and, He's all for the Pokemon, basically. And, um, yeah, but at the end, it sort of turns out that he's the villain and stuff. So, um, rather than his son, um, which is it's a twist that I didn't really see coming. But uh, it's not like a... I mean, it, it's not a big twist. Well, it's a twist, but it's not a... And I didn't see it coming, but it's fairly predictable. It's fairly by the numbers. It's a like at the end of the day, it's a family film. So, um, yeah, I tend to just get sucked into these things and don't think about them too much. So I I lower my IQ to whatever the film type is. Um, Well, yeah, uh, Catherine Newton was uh, played. She played like a reporter or a wannabe reporter in this film. And I don't know, she played like a fairly one note character is like a you I don't know, it's kind of like a typical family film character it's kind of not great and not very fleshed out and just kind of like oh, okay um but that's probably i'll get like i'll give her the benefit of the doubt it's probably more to do with the writing than it is to do with her um but yeah and she had a psyduck which i mean was a strange choice i mean like psyduck's pretty useless in any form of Pokemon media, but in this he was like he only had one use, and that was the explosive headache that he at the end. Um, and I mean, like he was funny in it, but like I, Psyduck's not necessarily one of my favorite Pokemon, and I would have rather it have been something else, like maybe a Charmander or something. But whatever, uh, that's just me. Um, speaking of the big headache explosion, you got those mountain turtles, which were crazy they were crazy big like way i feel like they were way way too big like you could have done cut down on that like i was because when they did it and they were like oh yeah we're doing this like you saw those little the like regular size ones and then they're like oh yeah we've done some like and grow and then they had saw like the experiment logs of making stuff bigger and it's like oh i see where this is going and then you see them and i was like those are way bigger than i expected them to be and it's like stupidly big and i feel like you could have made them smaller and it would have been just as impactful and it would have been less cost on cgi and stuff but whatever that's just me um yeah the yeah, the little troop of bulbasaurs which were cute and funny kind of weird 
that whole bit was kind of weird, but sure. Uh, Mewtwo was fine in it. Um, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, it's Mewtwo again, because Mewtwo's sort of like the villain Pokemon, essentially. Um, and, I mean, like, so I was like, oh, yeah, sure, fine. And he sort of drives the plot well and stuff. Um, but, yeah, they sort of, like, upended that notion of the villainous Mewtwo because they had him turn hero at the end, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, there was a nice little change. But, like, I kind of, like, oh, I'm kind of bored of Mewtwo a little bit. Um, yeah, they had the underground fight in it, um, which... Oh, no, it wasn't great. I mean, the actual sort of fight was fine, and the Pokemon in it were fine. Um, I mean, I liked that there was a bit where where he had the magic up and he's trying to get... Pikachu had the magic up and he's trying to turn it into a Gyarados, which is good fun. Um, but... And, like, the Charizard was pretty good in it um, when he gets raged and stuff. Um, but, like I was... Like, but the Charizard's master was just... I don't know, he was something else. He was definitely over the top. He was like Justice Smith in Jurassic World. He was just like, what is this character? He's one note and just like, just scream, that's your character. But um, one thing that I did like of this sequence is, and just in general, they had the Loudreds, which are like the speaker Pokemon. They were great. Um, so yeah, they were. that's a really good use of Pokemon in the real world. Like same as like having the... They have Machamp or Machoke giving directions and stuff. And Squirtles putting out fire and stuff like that. It's good stuff. Like, you want more of that. Um, more of that, please. Um, yeah, and then at the end, the twist of Ryan Reynolds being... Oh, the well, the voice of the Pikachu being his dad, who turns out to be Ryan Reynolds. Which is very... Which I, I found that a bit strange. I found that a bit weird. But I'm in sure. I'm in, I guess. I mean, it's not what you're expecting, but I'm fine. They make sense, I guess. Um, but I mean, the only problem with this now, um, because you've split the dad and the Pikachu, um, there's now no more talking Pikachu. She can't have a Detective Pikachu sequel, like an exact, like a exact follow-on from this. Really, I mean, you could you could if you wanted to, but it, there's no natural like way that you would go. It's very much ends, um, which is fine by me. Um, I said that in my non-spoiler review a few weeks ago that I'd rather see something else in this world so yeah um so that's third place film second place film uh a little drum roll uh is long shot which uh was the very first film i saw in may uh which is the romantic comedy uh with uh Charlize theron and seth rogan um which like i said at the time it's very it was it was really good and I did not expect it to be good. Like I, I basically went to see it because there was nothing else on that week. And I was like, I owe it to myself and to you guys that, that I see some, that I try and see something every week really. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I really liked it. Like it's very much comedy first romantic film second, which helps a lot. Um, but yeah, um, but, um, yeah, like Bob Odenkirk's in this and he's great as the president slash actor. Like, this whole world is sort of kind of ridiculous. And, like, the fact that Bob Onica plays an actor who played the president on a TV show then becomes the president is just ridiculous. But when you think about it, our world is not that far from that because we had... Granted, Donald Trump wasn't an actor playing a president, but he was a businessman who's just gone, right, I'm going to be president. And now he is. So 
whatever. Um, Annie Serkis is in this, which I didn't recognise him. I did not know he was in this until I saw the credits. Uh, he plays uh, Parker Wembley, who's like the media mogul guy, um, who's sort of like shutting down a magazine where Seth Rogen worked and stuff like that. And he is just a not a nice man. He's an utterly unlikable, um, which means he did a really good job of it. Like the way the thing with comedy films is, you get like over the top acting and over the top stereotypes, and I, it works a lot of the time. And this film is no strangers to these sort of things. Like like I said, the world is kind of ridiculous, um, but it's kind of a fun world as well. Um, yeah, like for example, right at the start, you've got. Seth Rogen loses his job. Then he goes to his friend who, I don't know, does he own a business or something? I don't know. He seems to. Um, but he's, his friend stops stops the presses, stops work and goes, everybody go home. I'm going to comfort my friend because he's just lost his job. It's like, okay. And then they go to this big fancy swanky party and boys to men are there singing. And it's just, it's like, okay, sure. Like, this is a... And the Secretary of State is there, and that's how they meet up again. And it's like, okay, sure, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, which... I like it. Um, yeah, the big thing with, like, romantic films that I don't really like is the... It, they have, like, the almost, like, fake, oh, let's get to know each other sort of portion. And it, their conversations are just kind of like... I don't know. They feel very scripted and stuff. Whereas this... It felt quite natural and just a good time. Like they were laughing and joking and stuff, and it wasn't like vomit-inducing, lovey-dovey stuff, which was nice. Um, I think that's like a big part of this. Like it was, they very much felt like real characters um, and real people. Well, just not just real characters, but real people. Like just, just like, uh, yeah, like Seth Rogen's character. He just felt like it was almost just like Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen, which works. Um, and then they have a really funny bit with uh, later on where Charlize Theron decides to go into Seth Rogen's world. Um, even though she's the Secretary of State and takes drugs and goes partying and stuff. And then uh, then while she's doing that, has to gets called in to talk down some hostage captors. And uh, yeah, that was, that was great. That was really funny. Um, and it was just sort of like, uh, let's just talk, talk as real people rather than like this, all this facade that we put up. Um, so yeah, that was really good. Um, they obviously have the usual sort of, oh, you're an odd couple. You're not going to be accepted. All this superficial rubbish, um, which is fine. Um, gives you something to, you need like some sort of hurdle to get over, I guess. Um, and then it ends brilliantly like got the hilarious end i mean you've got a first female president which is great we've not done that yet um which means you also got the first mister of the united states and uh seth rogan's character being as he is decides to get his portrait done by todd mcfarlane a comic book artist as opposed to just a like a proper well i was gonna say a proper artist but like that's not what i meant uh like a traditional artist um uh, which which is great um so yeah i mean it follows typical rom-com beats but i mean it's still very charming and it's heartwarming and it's got a great message in it it's basically like the just it's basically just be yourself the movie so or which i think is great like 
more of that, please. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, and finally, it's the first place film of May um, is Aladdin. So, I talked about it earlier. And basically, I think the main thing that reason why I like this film so much is because I didn't have ex- I had quite low expectations going in. So the only live action Disney film that I've seen of like the remakes are is Jungle Book and I just didn't like it that much. Um the big thing that I found from these are just like I like who need who needs them? We don't need them. Like the an- animated ones are still there. The animated ones are still good. Why why are we doing this? Um but I mean, like I said, it took me a while to get into it um, with the sort of weird musical Uncanny Valley thing. I mean, I get that with all musicals. Like, it's not just like this. It was I got it with La La Land as well, things like that. But, um, yeah, I think a thing that helped it is there's not too many songs. Like, especially at the start, you have the big sort of open number with Aladdin running through the market. But the sort of, there's a part where he would normally go in like he's in his home uh and sort of looking out on agrabah and does like a sort of mellow song to himself but they don't really do that they just do like a verse and it's quite short which is fine which i think works better um doing that rather than i think they splice it and they do it like a couple of times but like it's better than having like you couldn't do all the songs that they do in the original like it's they've picked the songs well um, though, like I said, like it took the first song I didn't enjoy so much because it took me a while to get into it. Um, they also have Jasmine's handmaid in this, who I don't think there is a handmaid in the animated one, but she's great in this. She's basically like she provides a she provides a lot of comedy in this, and it's works so well. She's like a love interest for the genie as well, which is kind of weird when she's probably like 30 and Will Smith's kind of like 50, so it's kind of a bit weird. But just forgetting that aside, a 30-year-old and like human and then a genie in itself is also very weird. But hey-o, um, something that's... They did, I felt like they've missed a couple of tricks in this because especially because you've got Will Smith in this like he I'll admit in a couple of the songs he did like sort of spoken singing speak singing but he didn't do rapping like he didn't do a full on rap rap verse which I feel they definitely missed the trick like he like in the end credits they have a song with DJ Khaled and Will Smith rapping in that about Aladdin and it's crazy it's like why is this not in the film like just take this and have that in the song, it's crazy. Why didn't they do it? Someone should get fired for it. Anyway, another thing that they missed. Um, no, it's not really like a a good thing or a bad thing. It's just one of those things. Like I said earlier, I, there's a couple of things that I was looking for that were in the animated film that weren't in this. So right at the end, there's I was looking forward to Jafar turning into a giant snake, and I was looking forward. Well, I was looking forward to the giant snake and then there's the hourglass thing as well. The hourglass thing, I don't really mind. But I missed having Jafar as a giant snake. They did have Iago be this giant monstrous parrot bird monster thing instead. Which is fine, but I would have preferred a snake, personally. Um, so, yeah. Basic, also, Iago, speaking of Iago, 
I feel like he was just not very good. He was very much parrot-like. He was very much like, this is how a parrot would talk. And a little bit more. But you can't hold a conversation with him. Like, one of the good things about the... Well, one of the many good things about the original animated film is the banter between Jafar and Iago. You don't get that. Like, because of the way that he is. He's just like a... Your typical... Polly want a cracker parrot sort of thing. Which... Yeah, I missed that. I missed having Iago just be provide some some quality banter. Um, but yeah, like the but Jasmine and Aladdin, they had really good chemistry together. Um, they had like the, they created like a fun atmosphere and a fun dynamic in it. And like obviously you've got Abu, um, the monkey that helped a lot. He was really good in it. Uh, well, I say he was great. They did well modeling Abu. And the monkey Abu and the character Abu, um, but someone that I didn't think they did very well was the Sultan, because in the original he's very like he's sort of the bumbling Sultan, which is any provides a bit of comedy and that's great. But then in this he's just very straight laced, and I know that like you can't have everybody be a comedy character, but he just doesn't really add anything to the film. Like he's almost like he's barely in it, and it's like he doesn't make any impact whatsoever. And I feel like they missed the trick because he was so lovable and so likable in the first one, in the animated one. So just, ha- just I feel like they should have just had him be a bumbling, bumbling sultan, because um, it wouldn't have detracted from the film. Um, you wouldn't have had to put more in it. Just, just have him be a bumbling sultan. Um, but yeah, like I say, uh, it's it's just a really charming film, and I feel like you can't help but enjoy it. Um, I would like saying that. I've re- I referenced the original film a lot, um, and it's one that I grew up with, so um, there's obviously a heavy dose of nostalgia. But um, but I mean, saying that, it doesn't always help, because I grew up with Jungle Book as well, and I didn't really like that film, so when they did the live-action one, so hey-ho, it just it can help or it cannot help, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I, I think one of the things, like, the one of my favorite parts of the original film are Robin Williams' songs as the genie, and so whenever so when those started, it's that brings stuff back and it makes me like, oh, I like this song, I love this, like I'm really into this now. So that helped me loosen up and get into it a lot more. Um, but yeah, like I've been saying, I think the biggest part of this for me is the fact that I went in with low expectations and was just like, this is going to be rubbish, or I'm watching it because. It's a big film and lots of people are going to want to watch. Well, lots of people are talking about it and want to watch it. So I thought I'm going to do that. I'll watch it, but I'm probably not going to enjoy it. But I enjoyed it a lot. So maybe it wouldn't be your top film of the month. Um, there's definitely others out there that like looking at the critic score. They love John Wick 3. Um, like that got like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is crazy. Um, but hey ho, like different strokes for different folks. Like that's what it's all about. Film is subjective. Um, so yeah, I'm in. Usually this is where I ask a question, but I'm in. There's only really one, one obvious question that I can ask today, and that is, what is your top three films of me? Um, or just what are your top? What do you think of the films of me? Um, so yeah, uh, next week. I'm going to be looking at another time. Um, so I'm going to be looking at 
Star Wars, and I'm going to be looking at what would happen if Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams swapped films. So if Ryan Johnson had directed episode 7 and J.J. Abrams had directed episode 8. So, yeah, and I also did the poll about uh, the next duology, and the next one is going to be Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. So look forward to that. I'm doing it while it's still a duology before the third one comes out. So, yeah, I'll be looking at that in a couple of weeks' time. Um, So, yeah, so if you want to join along, then feel free to watch those within the next couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, Uh, and that's about it. You can find me uh, on the the interwebs in places, uh, on Twitter, at AllOutWalker, at Facebook, facebook.com slash fillmeuppod. Uh, don't forget the pod at the end. It's very important. Otherwise, you get directed to some other person's place instead. Um, also, you you can email me if you wanted to uh, with any suggestions or opinions about the films of May or anything like this at fillmeuppod at outlook.com. And I think that's about it. I may put up another poll at some point, but uh, yeah, maybe not yet. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening once again, as always, and I will see you next week. Bye.